The History of College Football is a podcast dedicated to preserving the college football gridiron memories from years gone by. Please feel free to visit our website at historyofcollegefootball.com. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to History of College Football. I am Jay Abramson, and I will take you down a gridiron memory lane. The national champions, the teams, the rivalries, the conferences, the Heisman winners, the rankings. Today, we are lucky, and I am honored to have a very special guest, Mr. Phil Steele. Phil Steele has proven to be the most accurate college football analyst in recent history. As a committee member and voter of 15 different college football awards, including the Heisman, no one no one does more homework than Phil. He authors the best-selling college football preseason magazine called College Football Preview. He may be found on Twitter at PhilSteel042. That's at P-H-I-L-S-T-E-E-L-E-042. It is indeed an honor, sir, to have you on my podcast. How are you today, Mr. Phil Steele? You know, I am doing great. How about yourself today, Jay? Oh, excited to have you on. I'm doing wonderful. Uh, your preseason football preview magazine, it has become a mainstay for college football enthusiasts. Incredibly accurate, filled with thousands of valuable details and data. I, I don't know how you do it. It goes back years and years. I've been avid reader of your magazine for over 27 years. Sir, tell me how you started your incredible college football preview magazine. Yeah, I appreciate that, Jay. I appreciate you being a longtime reader as well. Thank you, uh, sir. With the magazine, uh, what I would do way back at, let's say, the early 90s, I was writing a college football and NFL newsletter, and I would buy all the preseason magazines that were on the market. And at that time, there was probably 20, 25 magazines on the market. I'd buy them all, have the big stack on my desk, get my notebook out and start making notes for what every magazine wrote about the schools. When I got done going through all 20 some odd magazines, I'd have about 15 or 16 players on each team mentioned that they didn't go very deep and I needed depth. I needed every player on the roster and nobody really had anything like that. So I started compiling the information myself, getting the rosters, keeping stats on all the players, making notes on each individual player. And uh, then someone came in my office, I think it was around 1994. And they said, Phil, the way you've got this laid out, why don't you turn that into a magazine? So we did that 25 years ago, way back in 19 or 28 years ago, way back in 1995, put out the first magazine. It was black and white. It was a newsprint. I only covered 88 of the uh, FBS teams, which at that time were division one a and um, put out the first magazine. And what happened was people, once they got their hands on it, uh, they needed this type of information. It had three to four times the amount of information in any other magazine. It wasn't pretty. 
It was just stats on top of stats and small print. Now the sprints, print's gotten bigger through the years. We've added color to it after about five or six years, and now it's up to 352 pages. We cover all 131 FBS teams, and we give the same amount of coverage on a team like James Madison or Akron that we do in Alabama and Oklahoma, two full pages. And it's still, once somebody gets their hands on a copy, they need to have it every other year after that. So it was really that there was a, an opening in the market for uh, an in-depth college football preview magazine, and I stepped into it. Oh, it's, it reads like an encyclopedia. It's just a wealth of knowledge. And the accuracy of your magazine is unparalleled. Can you talk a little bit about the accuracy of the past years so our listeners get a sense of the broad spectrum of your work? Yeah, and the accuracy just comes from this is all I do is college football, 365 days of the year. And, uh, you know, you go like this year, for example, um, the magazine is in a seven-month process. And I do it in a three write through process each year. And this really helps the accuracy. The first write through, I've got a setup where I've got 12 TVs in front of me. I'm watching 12 games all day long on a Saturday. Uh, so I'm watching football, football, football. When the season's over, uh, I open up uh, an art, art, read every article that was written about the team during the course of the year. So I'll just focus on one team for the, the entire day and read every article. We have all those uh, archived in our uh, computer. And after doing that, I've got a really good uh, situation for all the ebbs and flows of each position throughout the team. And then I write the first four, the first right through, which is what kind of shape was this position coming into the year? What happened and what kind of shape are they coming into next year? And I'll give you an example, this year when I finished with USC in the first right through process, I had them about middle of the road in the Pac-12 this year. Well, the second right through process is when the pre-spring is when we get the roster from the school. We've added in the freshmen. I adjust my power ratings. I have nine sets of power ratings, which really help the accuracy as well. Uh, and so I adjust all the power ratings, update through the right through, and that's the second right through process. The third is after actually talking to the head coaches. And this year, I talked to 120 of the 131 head coaches. The conversations wow. generally take about an hour apiece. We go over every player on the team. So now at this point, I'm talking to Coach Lincoln Riley. And uh, all of a sudden, it was actually on the day that they had signed Jordan Addison from Pitt. So now they had Caleb Williams at QB, my number one rated quarterback out of high school last year, who started Oklahoma in the second half of the year and knew Lincoln Riley's system inside out is their quarterback. Mario Williams, my number two wide receiver out of high school last year, played at Oklahoma, knows the system, is one of their starting receivers. They had the Blitnikoff winner in Jordan Addison, a thousand yard rusher in Travis Dye. And Coach Riley told me one of my concerns on the team was the offensive line, but he felt that the offensive line where he really liked the top end experience and said he inherited more talent than he thought he would. Defensively brought in about 12 transfers, including Shane Lee, who started 13 games as a true freshman at Alabama. Now, all of a sudden, I've adjusted all my power ratings and USC has moved all the way up to my number one most improved team in the country and number two in the Pac-12 South. So that gives you an idea about the magazine process, the depth we go into it, and all of that helps in the accuracy of it. Oh, that's incredible. And you do this for all 130 teams. And you speak to 100, you spoke to 120 of the 130. Um, incredible, incredible. Now, let's go back to, to last season. What were your best predictions, the one you were most proud of? Uh, I would have to say, uh, first of all, you look at 
uh, I was calling for the majority of the summertime, uh, Cincinnati having a great shot of making, being the first group of five team to actually make the playoff and that they did. And then all you have to do is go to my most improved list that I have in the magazine. Now the most improved list takes teams that did not have a winning record last year that I think will be much improved and not only make a bowl game, but have a big improvement record wise. Well, seven of those most improved teams last year, one of them was Michigan, which went from two and four all the way to 12 and two and making the playoff. Another one was Houston, which went from three and five all the way up to 12 and two. Another one was Wake Forest coming off a losing season at four and five. They went up to 11 and three, 11 and three and were in the ACC title game. Uh, Ole Miss went from five and five to 10 and three. Uh, Kentucky went from five and six to 10 and three. All these schools got the double digit wins. Air Force and San Diego State were two others that did not have a winning season in 2020, but got to double digit wins last year. So seven of my most improved list actually got to double digit wins last year. That is incredible. Absolutely incredible. As the season unfolded, were there any surprises that unveiled for you? Yeah, I think there was a lot of big surprises last year. And part of it would be the fact that when I got through talking to the coaches last year, almost all of them told me, Phil, this is the deepest we have ever been. We've never been able to put three teams in spring practice. And the reason everybody was so deep last year was COVID. And uh, everybody was able to return. They were all granted that extra year. Well, the teams that weren't deep and experienced were the power teams that lost a lot to the NFL draft. And last year, you know, Clemson, not only did not win the ACC, they didn't even make the ACC title game. Ohio State did not win the Big Ten. The heck, they didn't even make the Big Ten title game. Oklahoma didn't win the Big 12. They didn't even make the Big 12 title game. And Alabama last year uh, beat or lost to Texas A&M, barely got past LSU, was outgained by Florida, needed a two-point stop at the end, and should have lost to Auburn. They needed a miracle comeback in four overtimes to win that. So the powers weren't the powers last year. I sort of expected that in the offseason, but maybe not to that degree. And then there were some surprises, like a Michigan State, which came off a horrible losing season and bounced all the way up to 11 wins last year. So I thought last year was one of those surprising seasons where uh, – the usual suspects struggled. Well, that's very well said. So let's go back to the last 27 years. Really the same question. What was your best predictions? You know, the ones that you were most proud of. Well, there, there I go to my surprise team list. And the surprise team list always takes teams that are not in the top 10 that I think actually have a shot at making the playoff or winning the title. And one of my first surprise team lists in 2002 had Ohio State a team coming off a seven and five season to win the title. And Ohio State did that in 2002. In 2003, uh, LSU came into the season a 40 to one long shot to win the title. And I had them as my number two surprise team and they won the national title. Uh, in 2013, Florida State, same thing, not in the preseason top 10, won the title. And recently, Washington coming off a seven and six season, I had them on number one surprise team. They made the playoff in 2016. And Notre Dame in 2018, once again, a non-top 10 team actually made the playoff. So the fact that the majority of the teams that were not in the top 10 that have actually made the playoff, I think all but two were on my surprise team list is uh, something I'm very proud of. And you should be. The accuracy is just unparalleled. It really is. So would you tell us a little bit about your life these days? Well, you know, during it's I have three, three lives. You know, the first one is football season. And that's uh, working about 100, 102 hours a week. 
digesting nothing but football. I get to spend a little bit of time with my daughter during football season, but not as much as I'd like to. Uh, she's 16 years old. And then there's magazine season. Uh, you cut it down to working maybe 70 hours a week for the seven months of magazine season, except for that final month where everybody's here every hour of the day, trying to make sure that the final pages get to the press on time. And then comes the summertime, which is right now, where I do about you know five to seven radio shows per day. I'm just kicking back, working maybe 50 hours a week and having a lot of fun. And this is the time, uh, the months of June, July, and August, where uh, I get to do things with my daughter. We go to Cedar Point, take some trips, uh, go to some concerts, things like that. So definitely summertime is my favorite time of the year because there's no deadlines. And then uh, football season is also a great time of year because there's football going on. And, and then magazine season is one long process, seven months of getting this thing out. Oh, that is fantastic. Well, I thank, thank you, Mr. Phil Steele. You're, you're a gentleman and a scholar. Phil Steele, author of the most accurate college football preseason magazine, College Football Preview. He may be found at Twitter, at PhilSteele042. That's at P-H-I-L-S-T-E-E-L-E-042. Follow this man. Thank you for listening to History of College Football. I am Jay Abramson. Join us every Tuesday and Saturday for a new episode.